Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. The subject of my ministry, or rather teaching this morning, will center around the value of spiritual maturity and the role of the fivefold ministry gifts in bringing us into a state of maturity so that, as the apostle says, we are no longer children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. So in order to lay a foundation on what I'll be sharing this morning. I have an opening scripture taken from Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. And um, if you have your Bibles with you, please open them. I'm going to read this verse from the NIV because it uses the word maturity rather than perfection. All other translations say, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to perfection. But the actual Greek meaning of that, uh, that word perfection is maturity. So the NIV says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. He's speaking about spiritual maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. I believe in opening up this uh, subject this morning, it is my personal conviction and belief that spiritual maturity is the key to life the key to a successful kind of life. It is to be sought after, that is maturity, with zeal and with passion. And many of the problems we face today within the church can be attributed to a lack of spiritual maturity or to spiritual immaturity. When believers reach a state of what the Bible calls maturity, I believe they are able to deal wisely with the affairs of life, as well as the challenges which life presents us so often. Spiritually mature people are the most stable, fulfilled, unshakable, unafraid, and joyous people on the face of the earth. The reason being is because they have received a revelation that they are primarily, more than anything else, citizens of a kingdom that is the kingdom of God, that will never be shaken, never be moved, regardless of what goes on in this physical, natural world. 
Hebrews 12, 28 tells us, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Therefore, believers who are born again by the Spirit of God have a dual citizenship. They have a natural one as well as a spiritual one. Paul, speaking to the believers in Philippi, says to them in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Ponder on that for a moment, please. The word of the Lord says that our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, we are primarily citizens of a kingdom that cannot be shaken or moved, regardless of what goes on. And, and, and once we realize that, then we become unafraid, we become joyous as we enter into the revelation of our rights and privileges that have been given to us through Christ. You know, some of us take more pride, I believe, in our natural citizenship than in our spiritual one. We consider our natural identity more important than our spiritual one. Or rather, we focus more on our natural identity rather than our spiritual one. And this is because we are by and large ignorant of the glorious inheritance and privileges and rights our heavenly citizenship provides us. I remember from my own walk with God, there was a time that I was more concerned and more proud of my Greek heritage than of my Christian inheritance. That's why when we started the fellowship here in Cape Town, we named it the Greek Christian Fellowship. In other words, we put the Greek first, then the Christian. And <laughs> that was because I didn't know any better. But thank God I grew since those days. <laughs> and I, I matured a little more. And, and now I value my heavenly citizenship far more than my natural heritage or my natural citizenship. And there are a multitude of believers, I believe, in that state of mind who would argue and fuss and fight in order to defend the natural nationality and identity and natural heritage, but at the same time are completely ignorant of the spiritual heritage in Christ Jesus. And there are some people that as someone says, they always brag about the family tree, the family tree, regardless if that family tree did not produce anything but a bunch of nuts. We, <laughs> we need to take joy and pride in our spiritual 
inheritance in our spiritual citizenship rather than in our natural one. Citizens of heaven, according to the word of God, are given a glorious inheritance in Christ Jesus, as well as certain rights and privileges by virtue of the birthright, which are protected by the constitution of our covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation knowledge of our inheritance and privileges is the key that empowers us to live differently from the rest of the world. The Apostle John says in 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children. Let that sink into your mind and into your heart. You are of God. You are born of God. You are created in Christ Jesus. You are of God, not of the world. And have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You're not going to overcome. You are already an overcomer in Christ Jesus. You have overcome everything that the enemy throws against you. You have overcome every device of the evil one, every destructive weapon. You are already an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, yes, you will have tribulation in the world, but fear not because I have overcome the world. In him, we are world overcomers, devil overcomers, demon overcomers, because we are of God. That's our birthright. That is our inheritance. Unfortunately, not many believers possess this kind of revelation knowledge and as a result continue to live in a cycle of fear in a cycle of defeat and uncertainty all because of a lack of knowledge hosea 4 6 says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge isaiah 5 verse 13 says therefore my people that's god's people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. God's kingdom, it's important to realize that it has never known defeat, never known retreat, but only advancement. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. In other words, it continues to grow and grow and expand until it takes over the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of God has never experienced any kind of lack, any kind of poverty, any kind of recession. These things are non-existent within the realm where God rules and reigns. It takes a revelation of the kingdom of God in all of its aspects before one becomes immovable in his faith. Now, this is the kind of knowledge that I pray. I pray fervently that every believer in Christ becomes a partaker of this wonderful revelation, 
of our rights, of our privileges, of our citizenship in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul is praying for, that the Lord may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I believe here is also the role of the fivefold ministry. The task, the primary task of the fivefold ministry gift of Christ is to release this kind of revelation knowledge through the ministry gifts to the church and bring the body of Christ into spiritual maturity. Raise us up from a state of spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. And I want you to read together with me, please, the portion where Paul explains what the role of the fivefold ministry is. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through to 14, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through to 14. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. There's that word maturity again, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. You see here, the fivefold ministry gifts were given to the church for this purpose, to build up the body of Christ, and bring us into the fullness of the knowledge of the Son of God so that we are no longer children in our understanding, but fully grown and matured believers. This is now the difficult part. Why then so many within the house of God are still little children spiritually, tossed and blown about by every wind that blows, every new doctrine that comes, conspiracy theories. They're blown away. They are moved from left to right, up and down. One day they're up, one day they're down. One day they're hot, next day they're cold. Why are we shaken, troubled, fearful, and worried by what is taking place in our world today. I mean, these things were prophesied many years ago that in the last days, perilous times will come as a result of the multiplication of sin in the world. In, in, uh, in another translation says, days that are difficult to navigate and difficult to bear. Well, we are in these days. 
Well, there are a number of reasons as to why the church is still in its infancy stage. But one of the main reasons, I believe, is because the fivefold ministry of Christ is not fully recognized, not fully honored or received in many sections of the church. In some sections of the church, they don't believe that the apostolic gift is still functional today. They don't believe that the prophetic office is functional today. Unless all of the gifts are recognized and honored and given the proper place by all of the church, we will continue to suffer, I believe, from spiritual malnutrition. And that's what's happening in the church by and large today. Spiritual malnutrition. Let me give you my testimony here and just to prove uh, to what I'm, I'm endeavoring to communicate today concerning the role of the fivefold ministry gifts to the church. I was born again in Johannesburg, South Africa one evening at a Christian gathering. And after a few days, I came back to my wife in a small town in Zimbabwe called Masvingo. The church I attended or I was introduced to was very small. The pastor, very young, fresh out of Bible school. His experience and knowledge of the word was very little and my hunger for God was great. Well, the result was that for a season I became spiritually stagnant due to a lack of teaching. I had the hunger, but I didn't have the teaching. You know, another reason is because we may have the teaching, but lack the hunger. And that's another problem. But we won't go into that today. I had not been exposed to any other fivefold ministry gift. And as a result, I could not grow spiritually, even though I was hungry for the things of God. I needed someone to teach me. I needed someone to mentor me. And my pastor, due to his age and to his experience, was not able to do it. Well, one day, my then pastor, my young pastor, went down to South Africa to a Christian conference where various fivefold ministers were invited to speak and to teach at that particular conference. He brought back with him some teaching tapes from the conference, which he graciously distributed to the church. Well, I got hold of some of those teachings. Listening to those teachings for the first time on tape was like heaven began to open up for me. And I was introduced to a whole new world of revelation knowledge. Can you imagine what that does to a hungry heart? to someone who's spiritually hungry and wanting to grow and wanting to learn. It was such an experience that to this day, it's very vivid within my mind and my heart. Over and over again, I would listen to those teaching tapes, study the teaching I received over and over and over again. Furthermore, I got hold of their ministry, these five full ministers, 
Most of them were in the United States. So I went to a Christian bookstore and I ordered everything I could get my hands on, on subjects I wanted to learn and receive additional knowledge. Subjects such as faith, prayer, righteousness, the Holy Spirit, divine healing, financial prosperity, divine protection, and so many other subjects. As I opened myself to these men of God in the fivefold ministry, God's truth, I'm sharing with you the truth. I began to grow spiritually by leaps and bounds. And within a couple of years, I was ready to step into my God-given calling because I was trained in the word. These men <clears throat> prepared me for works of service, as Ephesians 4 says, and brought me into my spiritual inheritance in Christ. To this day, I owe my spiritual maturity and ministry to these men of God who truly, even though not present in body, they mentored me, they discipled me through the word of God, and to this day, I honor them and continue to bless them financially. Some of them have gone on to be with the Lord, but I continue to bless the ministries. The reason we are still shaken, my brother, my sister, the reason we still afraid, the reason we are still worried about what's going on around us and every little thing seems to bother us and frighten us and, and shake us, including worldly events, is because we are still children, spiritually speaking. I want you to hear that and hear that well. If you are fearful, if you are worried, if you are troubled of what goes on around you, then listen to me, grow up. I'm going to say that again. Grow up spiritually speaking, and become strong in your faith. Now, the reason we are still fussing in the church, fighting about things that have no real value in the eyes of God, the reason why the church is so divided, there is jealousies, there is divisions, as the apostle Paul rebuked the Corinthians, is because we still children in our understanding. All of us have heard this expression. I'm going to say it again. Grow up. That's what we need to do. Grow up spiritually speaking and put away childish behavior which greatly dishonors our Heavenly Father. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth says, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. I believe that it is high time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to awake out of spiritual slumber, put away childish behavior, and begin to walk this earth as spiritual men and women who know who they are, and what they are called to do. In order to do this, we must first of all, give honor and place 
to the blessed Holy Spirit within us, as well as to the fivefold ministry gifts who are called and commissioned by the Lord himself to bring us out of our spiritual infancy into spiritual maturity. Paul says something very interesting to the Galatian believers. Listen to what he says to them in Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, reading from the New Living Translation. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 in the New Living Translation. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey the guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. This is an interesting statement or principle Paul makes here, and this is what he says. As long as we remain spiritual children, we are no better than slaves, even though we are the inheritors of all that Christ Jesus bought and paid with his own precious blood. He says we will never experience our inheritance as long as we refuse to grow up. We will be treated like slaves, treated like children, subject to guardians, to tutors, subject to written rules and regulations, even though Jesus set us free from all bondage. Wow. You see, a slave is externally governed. He's told what to do and how to do it. Told where to go and where not to go. He needs constant attention. He cannot take responsibility for himself. Another aspect of being a child is that children cannot be trusted with responsibility. They have to be watched all the time. They are selfish. You, you watch how children, I watch my grandchildren sometimes. No, this is mine. No, that's my toy. Give me that back. Wow, 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 wow. You know, they're children. You know, <laughs> you don't think, you know, uh, why are they acting this way? Because they're children. Amen. So children have to be watched all the time. They need care and attention. They are selfish and always up to mischief, fussing and fighting about anything and everything. Whereas mature sons and daughters of God are governed not by written rules and regulations, but by the spirit within. They don't need external uh, caring and people telling them, do this, don't do this. Some, some Christians love it this way. Please tell me what to do, Pastor. Should I do this or should I do that? Well, I can't tell you what to do. Because if I tell you what to do, you're going to blame me for the outcome. We need to grow up and make decisions based on the wisdom and the maturity that God is, is willing to give us. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. They are governed internally. They don't need 
laws and rules and regulations externally to help them behave. They have the, 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 the guardian, the helper, the paraclete within them who prompts them and guides them and leads them into the liberty that Christ has set us free. And that is the aim of the fivefold ministry, to take a child spiritually and to bring them up into spiritual maturity where they are internally governed and led by the Spirit of God, not by laws, by rules, by regulations, but by the liberty of the Holy Spirit. These mature believers, they stand fast in the liberty and freedom Christ purchased for them, and they refuse to give in to bondage they came out of. Spiritual maturity, I believe, is the key and the solution to the many problems we face, both as individuals as well as in our churches today. Now, let's examine for a few minutes the various functions of the fivefold ministry gifts to the church. Let's look at the apostle. What does the apostle do? An apostle has the grace and, and when he is received, when an individual is received as an apostle, he will bring into your life, as well as into the life of the church, stability. He will establish you in the faith. The next thing he brings is divine order. Where there is order, there is blessing. Apostles and prophets deal with foundational issues and principles in the kingdom of God. And one of the things they bring to the church is divine order. Furthermore, the apostle will bring correction. He will bring discipline. And together with that, he brings the fear of the Lord. We look around today in our churches. One of the things that greatly miss, is missing is the fear of the Lord. There's no fear of God. People come to church. People sing in the choir. They worship. And then they go sleep around and they do all of these things. There's no fear, fear of God. You see, the apostle will establish you in those things. You will be established in your faith. And one of the other things he does, he will put immovable spiritual foundations beneath your feet. He will impart to you primarily wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And those are the three ingredients that everyone needs for a successful life, to build a life, to build a marriage, to build a ministry, to build a church. We need wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. A true prophet, now let's look at the function of the prophet, will bring spiritual alignment with the heart and the mind of God as he reveals God's plans and God's purposes for the church in the hour we are living in. He brings the now word. He stands in the presence of the Lord and he proclaims the now word of the Lord. He will bring clarity and fresh vision as he calls the church back to the heart of God 
and promotes holiness in the fear of the Lord. Where the prophet is received, that's why pastors are very skeptical and fearful of prophets. Because once they are allowed to minister and function in their gifting, <laughs> the pastor is very, how can I put it, uh, very insecure. Now, who's going to leave the church? Yeah, uh, when a prophet, a true prophet will destroy idolatry and he will root out sin in the church. He'll smell the sin and he will root it out. They are like the hounds. God's definition of the prophetic ministry is described in detail in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And I'm going to read that from the New King James Version. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And see, I have this day set over you, set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. They destroy, they root out, they pull down, they destroy the works of the devil. And they build up the church. They build up the kingdom of God. In addition, the prophetic ministry will bring exhortation, encouragement, and strength to the body of Christ through their preaching and teaching as described in Acts chapter 15, verse 32. The word says that Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. That's important. The evangelist, he inspires and imparts to the church a passion to see the lost saved and brought into the kingdom of God. His message is one of Christ and him crucified. That's all he preaches, Christ and him crucified. Signs, wonders, miracles accompany his ministry, drawing huge crowds to his meetings. But his ministry is also one, I believe, that not only inspires us to go after the lost, but he teaches the church how to share our faith effectively and lead people to Christ in a way that is effective. The shepherd's ministry is one that is characterized primarily by loving care and concern for the sheep, for the flock. That's the outstanding characteristics of a shepherd. He cares for the sheep. He loves the sheep. He feeds the flock of God. He nurtures it and tends to their needs. He also guards and protects the flock from false and deceiving teachers and false prophets. And as the scripture says, he lays down his life for the sheep. If you want to know uh, in detail uh, what the ministry of the shepherd does, read Psalm 23, because it describes in detail his ministry towards the church. And the teacher is one who explains the scriptures in a simple and systematic way 
enabling the church to understand and grasp spiritual truths which edify and strengthen the belief. He has such an anointing and a gift to teach. And as he does, he imparts truth and revelation from the word of God. All of these gifts are important and necessary for the church to grow and mature in the things of God. And these five gifts to the church, I compare them like a college professor or university lecturers who are skilled in the field of expertise, empowering believers and equipping them for works of service. So learning to recognize them and receiving them as such, I believe is one of the primary keys to our spiritual maturity. It is also possible and more likely that one person can function in more than one of these offices. Paul called himself a preacher and a teacher of the word. Before he was released into his apostolic ministry, he functioned as a prophet and a teacher. Pastors more likely are teachers of the word of God as well. Prophets also carry a teaching anointing and unable to teach and preach. These fivefold ministers of the gospel are likened into spiritual blacksmiths. They will take a piece of raw iron and turn it into a weapon of war. Are you listening to me? They are the spiritual blacksmiths of the church. They will take a piece of raw iron and will turn it into a mighty sword for the Lord. They will take newborn believers, ignorant students of the word of God, and turn them into spiritual warriors. That is their function. Let us, therefore, recognize them. Honor them as we ought to honor them. Jesus said, he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet will receive a prophet's reward. By the same principle, I say that he who receives the fivefold ministry gifts in its entirety will receive the fivefold ministry's reward, which is spiritual maturity. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.